Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 275. And I hope you're doing well, honestly. Now, today's episode is a massive episode. I've worked a lot, really hard on it. I'm really proud of it. We're going to do a Philip Rivers film analysis. He's the new Colts quarterback. We're going to do a TJ Watt film analysis. He's a guy that a lot of people keep asking me, where's the TJ Watt film analysis? Where's the TJ Watt film analysis? Hey, I'm sorry. Watching 16 football games takes a long time, taking notes, organizing all the thoughts. Uh, we're going to end the show with some Ask Zach questions. It's going to be really awesome. I'm really proud of it. Um, and I guess I want to just jump in. It's time to talk about, man, something I know you guys so badly want to hear about. Dun, dun, dun. It's time to talk about my balls. Um, honestly, I hope you do not think about them very often. Uh, but this episode is sponsored by Manscaped. Uh, no lie, this is a company I really, really like. I First of all, obviously, I appreciate their money during times like these. Uh, it means a lot. But genuinely, I also love their product. I don't take advertisers unless I like what they're selling. They sponsored me, what, a couple months ago? And they sent me this little thing, the Lawnmower 3.0. Uh, I, I've been using the Lawnmower 3.0 now for a couple months, uh, and really ever since I, you know, the initial sponsorship a while back. Um, and I feel like I can actually give a comprehensive review now because I've been using the product for a while. One thing I want to say, first of all, is I like that, hey, you notice that? My fingers, just jamming it right in there. Uh, and, and if you're listening on iTunes, it's not what you think. I'm using Lawnmower 3.0. It doesn't cut your fingers. It doesn't cut anything down there. Um, that doesn't, you don't want to be cut, if, that may, if you know what I'm talking about. And for anything like me, I didn't have a very good strategy to clean up downstairs. Uh, razors are terrible. I kept cutting things that I didn't want to cut that really no man wants to cut. Um, and so the Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped really solved my problems, gave me a reliable tool that cleans up downstairs. It's easy. There were no problems, no complications. Again, I can't, this is the endorsement I want to say. It's like, I'm, I can't cut my finger if I want to. There's a buffer and a barrier that really helps. I love this product. Um, so you can use a promo code CLNS20, CLNS20 to get 20% off of your purchase. I highly recommend it. Again, I don't take crappy sponsors legitimately person to person. If you're like me and you don't have a solution for cleaning up downstairs, Manscaped is great. Again, promo code CLNS20 for 20% off. Go to manscaped.com, get the lawnmower 3.0. Highly, highly recommend it. So... I dove in and watched film for every single game Philip Rivers played last year in 2019. And I wanted to know how good is Philip Rivers and what can we expect from him in 2020? So right off the bat, Philip Rivers can still play. He's not a mobile QB, but he actually moves way better than I expected. His former team, the Chargers, decided to move on from him. And I believe they did that because, well, you know, he's 38 years old and because they had an opportunity to get a new young QB, number six overall in the NFL draft. After watching film, I think that was less about Rivers and more that LA saw an opportunity to build for their future. And it makes sense to me. So now Phillip Rivers is on the Colts. And I gotta say, I am so glad he found a team. The dude still has a lot to offer the NFL. There's good football ahead of him. He's highly capable. Don't get me wrong, though. Philip Rivers is flawed. But, man, I love him. 
Watching him really made me want to root for him this year. The way he plays is just really compelling. My favorite throw he made came week two against the Lions. Five minutes left, down two points, and a defender was coming at him right up the middle. Good old Phillip Rivers hangs in there and throws a strike. I love it. My second favorite play he made came week seven against the Titans. Down 10 points, five minutes left. He throws a beautiful touchdown pass down the right sideline to Austin Eckler. That's a perfect ball right when his team needs a play. And Phillip Rivers is a savvy veteran. Against the Texans, he used his eyes to manipulate a safety and open up a throwing lane. The Texans' defense had cover one robber called. What that means is that they were playing man coverage across the board and had one of their safeties backed off into the middle of the field to help with vertical routes. Meanwhile, the other safety stepped down, becoming the quote-unquote robber. He stepped down to read the QB's eyes and defend the short middle of the field. Now, Philip Rivers used his eyes to manipulate that robber defender. He holds his eyes to the right, which sends the robber in that direction, and once the robber commits to run that way, Philip snaps to the left and throws a dig to Mike Williams for a 20-yard gain. Now, when you watch Philip Rivers, you'll notice that he loves to throw swing routes out wide to the running backs. Swing routes are also known as flare routes. Throwing out wide to your running back is one of my favorite things in football. It has a dual purpose. Number one is it stretches your defense wider, forces them to cover every corner of the field. It stretches defensive schemes, and linebackers have to widen to cover the flats outside. And if they don't, then you're giving a running back the ball in open space. Swing routes can also work as a check down to the running back if nobody's open. But even more, they can work to give QBs a quick outlet to throw to and beat a blitz. Swing routes have a lot of utility. Phillip Rivers loves them. Frank Reich is a Colts head coach, and he was Rivers' offensive coordinator with the Chargers a couple of years ago. I expect to see a lot of swing routes with the Colts this fall. It wasn't a big part of their system last year, but I assume that if you add Phillip Rivers, then you're also adding running back swing routes. Now, if I'm going to talk about Phillip Rivers, I feel like I should talk about his unorthodox throwing motion. It looks a bit odd. It's basically sidearm, and it puts a lot of stress on his elbow. He comes across his body, not so much over the top. Honestly, here's the thing. He's 38 years old. You're not going to change his mechanics. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. And really, other than his sidearm motion, the rest of it is great. He throws with his legs and his core, using them to generate force. His lower body mechanics are sound. Look, I would not advise anyone learning how to throw a football to copy him. But all things considered, his mechanics aren't actually that awful. And he's mastered them, so it works for him. And again, he uses his body really well to generate force, which leads to velocity. Here's why I find Philip Rivers so compelling. He's a warrior. The dude fights incredibly hard to win. In so many ways, that's his biggest strength. But in some ways, it's also his greatest weakness. He so badly wants to win. And I get it, man. I understand. But the guy plays with so much emotion. And actually, maybe too much. There are times when he throws into double coverage in the end zone because he wants a touchdown. 
but not necessarily because it's the smart thing to do. That's an emotional decision. Unfortunately, he has a habit of forcing throws into coverage. So against Denver, he was down 17 to nothing. I'm sure probably feeling the weight of that score. And on third and goal, he forces it into the end zone. A linebacker's lurking underneath, and the ball is intercepted. He cost his team at the end of a game two times last year in similar situations. Week two against the Lions. It's a three-point game, one minute left, and the ball is at the 28-yard line going in. He's in field goal range. On third and 19, Phillip Rivers forces a throw into double coverage in the end zone, and it's intercepted. What he should have done was found his check down underneath and made the game-tying field goal a little bit easier. Week 11 against Kansas City. Second and 10, 24 seconds left, down seven. He throws the game-ending interception in the end zone. It's a tough throw, I get it. He's moving in the pocket, but he really should have just thrown the ball out of bounds. Live to see another play. It was second down. He had two more plays to score and tie the game. I understand why Phillip Rivers plays the way he plays. He wants to win so bad, but sometimes it costs him. Here's the one way I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He was playing from behind a ton last year. It's very possible that with the Colts this year in Indianapolis, in a different situation with a different roster around him, he may not find himself playing from behind a lot. He might actually not feel like he needs to be a hero all the time, and that could really help him. Here's something crazy that I found when I watched the 2019 Chargers. They lost 11 games last year. One was a blowout loss to Minnesota, and another was a 10-point loss to Kansas City. But the other nine, nine of 11 Chargers losses last year were by seven points or less. You can blame Phillip Rivers for the Lions Week 2 and Kansas City Week 11. He had costume mistakes at the end, fair enough. But after that, the other games are just kind of the result of some extremely bad luck. I mean, honestly, I have never seen a team as unlucky as the 2019 LA Chargers. Look, you gotta feel for Phillip Rivers. Week three against the Texans, it's the final drive, they're down seven, and Rivers drops a dime in the end zone. But Travis Benjamin simply drops the game-tying touchdown. You're like, ah. Come on, man. How about week 13 against the Broncos? Ravers drives his team down the field at the end. They kick the game-tying field goal. 20-20, tie game with 19 seconds left. Then crazily, the Denver Broncos chuck it deep. They get a pass interference call, and it gives them the opportunity to kick the game-winning field goal with three seconds left. Week 7 against Tennessee. The Chargers score the game-winning touchdown. Not once, but two times in the final two minutes. And both got overturned after booth reviews. And then on second and goal, they had a Melvin Gordon run, ruled a fumble after a review. Three key booth reviews in the final two minutes, and all three of them hurt LA. Let's talk about week 10. The Chargers lose by two points to the Raiders. And Phillip Rivers threw a pick six on a play where his receiver literally fell down. There's so much bad luck, it's wild. Week 6, they lose to the Steelers, 17-24. Early in the game, Phillip Rivers has a ball tipped up and intercepted. 
And then later they put together a great drive before halftime, and the field goal hits the uprights and misses. By the time L.A. got the ball for the first time in the second half, Phillip Rivers was down 24 to nothing. Now, in the second half, he fought all the way back. L.A. pushed this game all the way to the wire. They scored with a minute 34 left to make it a seven-point game. Then they stopped the Steelers. They used all three timeouts to get the ball back. And guess what? The Steelers punt and pin the Chargers down on their own one-yard line. They're on the one-yard line for their final drive. Another bad break. Phillip Rivers is not perfect, but he's not the reason the Chargers had a bad record last year. He's going to be a blast to watch this upcoming year. The dude does ridiculous stuff. On a 4th and 11 against the Broncos, he threw a bomb down the left sideline for 38 yards. I don't care who you are, that's incredibly entertaining. In Indianapolis with the Colts, he's not going to have any problems with his offensive line. And that's going to be a significant upgrade. L.A. had their problems. Now, I do wonder, because in L.A. last year, he was throwing to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, two great receivers who can both go up and get the ball. And I wonder if he's going to miss having that skill set, the ability to go up and get jump balls this year in Indianapolis. But I think regardless, man, Phillip Rivers is going to be a blast to watch. He can play at a high level, and the Colts are going to make some noise this year in the AFC South. All right, let's jump into a film analysis of T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt is an outside linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he is very much not a guy I would want to play against. I knew he had good numbers, you know, 14 and a half sacks last year in 2019, had two interceptions, had eight forced fumbles. The guy caused 10 turnovers by himself. And look, the dude is a monster coming after the quarterback. But what really impressed me about T.J. Watt was his run defense. T.J. Watt is versatile. The Steelers do move him around a lot. But a lot of the time, he is used as an edge defender where his job is to, quote, set the edge. Basically, what that means is that it was his job to stop running backs from running outside. Either force them back inside where guys like Devin Bush are waiting or hunt them down. And T.J. Watt is so good at fighting through blocks. Yes, his sacks are flashy, but his run defense is so impressive. In all aspects of the game, he's a disruptor and an opportunist. Nearly every time he gets an opportunity, he will disrupt an offense. Whether it's getting his hands up and tipping a pass, or using one of his lethal punches and knocking the ball out. Lethal punches. That's why T.J. Watt had eight forced fumbles last year. As he tackles guys, he always puts a fist on the ball. And quite frequently, as his fist comes down, he knocks the ball out. So look, he's a great run defender. He's a disruptor. He creates forced fumbles. He tips passes. But then he's also a terrifying pass rusher. The dude is relentless. One of my favorite plays he made was against the Cardinals. His effort was awesome. Kyler Murray extends the play, and TJ fights through the crowd to chase him down. And his pressure caused an interception. Look, there were a couple times where I genuinely felt bad for the people who had to block him. 
The Bengals, for example, for some reason, I have no idea why, decided to have a tight end try to block T.J. Watt one-on-one. Stupidity. Or later against the Rams, T.J. lines up outside the tight end. And this poor right tackle has to travel so far to try to get in front of him. It's such a tough assignment because T.J. Watt comes off the edge fast like a yellow blur. The guy's effort is also outstanding. There was a great play where he dove after Devin Singletary, the Bills running back, and grabbed him by the ankle. And the Steelers used T.J. Watt all over the place. Sometimes in the A-gap up the middle, and sometimes they back him off into coverage. He basically finds a way to be good at everything he does. Again, he's an opportunist. If you give him an opportunity to make a play, he will. He's the kind of guy I would want on my team because playing against him would not be fun. He can get after the quarterback. He's a great run defender. And again, he has a lethal punch, which creates a lot of forced fumbles. He's part of a really good group of players on defense in Pittsburgh. You know, Devin Bush is a scary inside linebacker. He's only 22. Minka Fitzpatrick is a playmaking safety who seems to somehow be all over the field all the time. He's only 23. TJ Watt is 25. The Steelers' defense has a foundation with a lot of good, young talent. The Steelers went 8-8 eight and eight last year. In fact, they nearly made the playoffs, even though they played with multiple backup quarterbacks, and their defense is to thank for that. Now let's answer some questions from the audience. It's time for my favorite part of the show. It's Ask Zach. Uh, in case you don't know how it works, you go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Schaumler. You give a dollar a month. You can give more if you want to. Please do. It literally helps pay my rent. Um, but a dollar a month gives you access to submit questions on Patreon. Now, if you do submit a question, I do not guarantee to read your question on the show. My only guarantee is I look at every single question with my eyeballs, and then I pick the top couple to read on the show. The first one today is from Connor. Connor writes in, he says, Hey, Zach, what are your long-term aims for the Strong Opinion Sports brand? Where would you like to eventually take it? I was thinking you could expand into other realms. You have Strong Opinion music, movies, games, etc. Wherever you take it, I'm sure we'd all be there to support you. Thanks and love from the UK. Connor, uh, first of all, thanks for the question. Hope you're doing well. Honestly, I want to start with the short-term plan first, and we'll go into the long-term plan for the show. I've got a really exciting um, plan for football season. It really fires me up. This fall is going to be incredible. Uh, Everything in my head really kicks off uh, because we're doing film analysis right now. We've got a couple more to go. We'll do the NFL predictions episode on September 9th is where, in my head, this amazing marathon is going to kick off with Uh, an idea I have called Football Friends. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's just going to be really exciting. Uh, And from there, it's going to be really hard, but also a blast. Football season is going to be, I'm going to make more content, I believe, than I've ever made in my entire life before. Um, And it's going to be awesome. This football season, oh man, I've been just hoping and praying it would come. And I I think it's actually happening. I'm really excited. Now, after the football season ends, I'm adding something different, something completely separate, a new podcast uh, about movies. It's, there's no video element to it. It's going to be audio only. It's a two-man idea. Instead of me talking to myself for an hour and a half, uh, I'm planning to do most episodes with uh, my best friend Elijah. 
He is a former coworker of mine. He's awesome. I plan to also also do occasional episodes uh, with another good friend of mine who works for Netflix, and we'll do episodes. We'll break down. I'm not going to get into it. It's going to be an, a movie podcast. I am really, really excited about that. Is uh, I'm going to keep it close to my vest and keep it between me and myself and the people that are going to be on the show with me. But um, it's an idea. I hope people listen to. I'm really excited about it. Um, and look, I write a ton. I write way more than I share publicly. Uh, a lot. I write about movies. I literally have written movies, which is weird, but I'm quirky, and that's what I do. I love writing. I love telling stories. Uh, I write a lot about video games, and making content about video games just is not in the cards anytime soon. I don't have the bandwidth for it. I would probably have to, like, someday, if I actually ever make enough money to hire an editor, then maybe... But even if I did that, I'd probably still just make more sports content. So we'll just we're like years and years and years away from doing that. But I'll tell you, man, I I would love to make a video about Horizon Zero Dawn and about man about old games that I love about Psychonauts. I would love to talk about Jack and Daxter, why that means so much to me. I'd love to talk about Far Cry Three. Is this incredible game that I love for a very specific reason? And so in my head, hopefully someday I'll make content about the passion, you know, the stuff I'm really passionate about. Maybe it's just a couple months a year I make uh, a video game video, like just a short 10-minute nerdy video about some game I love. Maybe I do that in the summers. I don't know. Um, But that is maybe someday. I I just don't see it in the cards anytime soon. But February, I'm starting a movie podcast. Again, audio only. It's going to be really awesome. I've already done a lot of writing for it. I'm really excited. Uh, And I'm all all the while I'm going to be doing Strong Opinion Sports because in my head – Strong Opinion Sports is my flagship show. It's the number one thing I do. It's honestly my favorite thing I've ever made. Uh, I also have a second podcast, the Flawed Humans podcast. I'm doing that right now, literally. You can go listen to episodes. I do most of them with my girlfriend, Liz. Uh, she edits and produces that show. That's some of the best content I've ever made. Flawed Humans. Uh, go to the Zach Shomler YouTube channel or just look up Flawed Humans on Literally any podcasting platform, it's out there. It's phenomenal. I'm very, very proud of it. Uh, again, I want the foundation of my company to be built on the, again, I guess the foundation of, that, of my company, I want it to be built on three shows. Uh, the sports show, Strong Opinion Sports, this show, I love it. It's awesome. I also want to do a movie podcast. That's going to be, oh my gosh, number one, endless ideas, endless stuff for that. Um, and I think it's going to be kind of an evergreen show where... Strong Opinion Sports is a news show where you're not going to go back. I, I, would, I would assume, maybe if you want to, please do. I, I, my content's amazing. I'm really proud of it. Um, but I don't think anyone's going to go listen to episode 100 of Strong Opinion Sports because it was over a year ago. We're in episode 275 now. I don't expect that. But I do know that the movie podcast has legs where if we, talk, if we do an episode about a certain movie 10 years from now, it's still interesting. It's still relevant. People will still want to go back to it in my head. Um, and so I, I love that. I also have, again, Flawed Humans is a podcast about life. The Flawed Humans podcast. Those are the three shows I want to build the foundation of my company on. I also have a podcast with my stepmom. It's about dating. It's called Desperately Dating. It's a dating podcast. Um, look, I, I love making content. And this pandemic, 2020 in general... You know, as I've taken on more responsibility as a human being, my girlfriend lives with me. I've got a cat. Um, This pandemic has taught me that I should diversify a little bit. 
Uh, sports will always be my flagship, main focus, number one thing. Um, but what happens if sports go away? I want to have revenue from other places, honestly. Um, and, you know, sports and storytelling are my favorite thing in the entire world. Um, and look, honestly, I'm so fortunate. I love my job. I'm so happy. I'm really grateful that people watch and listen to the content I make. And I just want to make even more content and share a little bit more of myself and more of my passionate uh, rants and the things I care about with the world. And um, the next step will be movies in my head. I, I love movies. I love storytelling. Um, it's Movies are really just my favorite thing other than sports. That's about all I do. I play video games. I watch movies. And I watch sports. And I write about all of them. And I don't share my writing about all of them. But I would love to uh, share my passion of movies with the world. And I have an avenue to do that coming up in February. It's going to be awesome. And uh, that is my long-term plan. Again, strong opinion sports, flawed humans, and the movie podcast. And have kind of three pillars of a giant stool that hopefully uh, can carry the way. And, you know, in my head, I, I, I'm really, really far away from this. I don't know when this will be. Currently, I'm a renter. Uh, I rent out a really tiny place. I would love to buy a house someday and then make that the operation of where I work out of. Um, I guess maybe another long-term plan, honestly, is I want to live somewhere I like. I don't really like where I live, just the geography of, first of all, my neighborhood's terrible. Um, I also live in the Portland area. I don't want to live in Portland my entire life. Uh, I This is a dream of dreams of dreams. Is My biggest dream, honestly, is to move to Hawaii. Um, and that's that's a crazy dream, but I want to speak it into existence maybe and start sharing that now. That's a vision and a dream I have someday where if I ever do make enough money and I ever can buy a house there, um, I theoretically can live anywhere I want to do my job. I work on the internet. So uh, how cool would it be to live somewhere I'm proud of that I like and that I want to be? Um, I don't know. I just know that I don't want to be in Portland forever in this area. I want to buy a house someday way down the road. I'm not really anywhere near that yet. I need to save up a lot and we got to get through everything going on. And I got to honestly have more income to do that. Um, cause I'm, I'm renting now and that's probably where it's going to, I'm probably gonna do that for a while. I just signed a new lease for another year. Um, so yeah, I, I honestly like my long-term plan is to keep making content and keep growing the content and to build flawed humans, to build the movie podcast and have three giant pillars, sports, movies, and life, and just talk about all three and, um, make a living doing that. So that's my long-term dream, a long-term plan. And that's where I envision the strong opinion sports, I guess, brand, to go long-term and uh, if someday god i would love to hire an editor to make more content i know we're not anywhere near that again i don't think people realize i have 150,000 subscribers on youtube i don't really like I, I i'm surviving and i make enough for one person and it's great and i'm happy um but i if i want to grow the company more and i look at other people that do what i do that have gigantic teams of people and i'm nowhere near being able to do that yet um, but maybe someday I could hire an editor. That would be a massive, massive uh, relief to me to be able to just write more and share more of that and not have to worry about uploading and editing. Uh, maybe someday we'll be able to do that, and that would be awesome. So that is where I, I envision Strong Opinion Sports heading at some point in the future. Now, Clutch God writes in. He says, hey, Zach, if you had a choice of three shows or movies – that you would watch again for the first time, what would they be? Clutch God, I want to ask you one thing first. My A show to me has always been a TV show. I, I do know some people that call movies 
shows. So I, I'm going to assume you mean which television shows or movies. But I do know there are people out there. My buddy Elijah, he calls movies shows all the time. That's what his family says. They're like, we're going to watch a show. And it actually means, do you want to watch like Divergent or do you want to watch like uh, The Prestige or whatever? And it's like, no, nah, I, I thought a TV show, I thought a show meant TV show and a movie meant movie, but whatever. Um, look, to me, number one, if there is one thing I could go back and relive my experience of watching it for the first time, it's The Hangover. The first time you watch The Hangover, it's just a, it's a magical experience. Uh, oddly enough, I thought I would say Lost. I really thought that I would say, I, wanna, I wish I could watch the TV show Lost for the first time. Um, but I actually started rewatching it with my girlfriend. Uh, she's never seen it. And look, Lost is still a very good time. Even the second time around, there's stuff I forgot. The island is a crazy mystery, and I don't, I don't remember most of the mysteries. Lost is a TV show that came out in 2004. It's phenomenal if you've never seen it. Um, I, look, I acknowledge the ending was disappointing, but the ride along the way is so much fun. And I think, honestly, like, who cares if the ending is bad? The journey's the, the portion of it is the journey and the questions you're asking. And so I, I, I can't recommend Lost enough. Now, if I had to pick two more things, I would want to pick things that have big twists at the end because, look, I can rewatch almost anything. I'm very weird where, like, you, you can, a surprise is about the only thing that you can't relive because, you know, 2009 Star Trek to me is my favorite movie of all time, and it never gets old. I literally watched it three times in one day at one point in college when I was sick and tired, um, and I, I just, man, I don't know. There are endings and twists, though, that, you cannot relive and that cannot be forgotten. There are certain twists in movies that you're like, well, I can't ever get that experience again. And so for me, The Prestige, the movie with Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman, it's a movie about magicians. That's a movie I wish I could go back and maybe get that experience of seeing it again for the first time. Um, If you've never seen The Prestige, it's phenomenal. I highly recommend it. Now, honestly, I cannot come up with a third thing. Maybe I'm thinking maybe the TV show Sherlock or the movie Interstellar. But again, the problem is that I can rewatch Sherlock or I can rewatch Interstellar. And even though I know what's going to happen, I still very much enjoy them and I love them. They're very rewatchable for me. So I don't know. I love Christopher Nolan. Everything he's ever made is phenomenal, in my opinion. I can't wait to watch his new movie Tenet whenever that does come out. Uh, You know, actually, here's what it is. I've been thinking about this a lot, trying to figure out the movie. If I could rewatch Anything again for the first time after, uh, what did I say, The Prestige and after The Hangover. I wish I could watch The Village again for the first time. The Village is a crazy movie with incredible twists. It's actually an M. Night Shyamalan movie. 10 out of 10. Highly recommend it. I would see it again. I wish I could see The Village unspoiled without that movie, uh, without knowing what's going to happen in that movie. Because it's one of those movies that you're like, I I just flat out did not see that coming even a little bit. So for me, The Village, uh, The Prestige, and The Hangover, those are three movies I wish I could see again for the first time. And if you haven't ever watched them, highly recommend them. I also recommend Lost. I recommend Sherlock. And Interstellar, man, is just an incredible, incredible movie if you've never seen it. Those are all things I recommend if you haven't ever seen them. Go watch them, especially if you've never seen them for the first time. Go watch those movies. They are so, so good. Movies and some of those are TV shows, I guess, as well. Um, The next question is from Jason. 
says, hey, Zach, I know you attended a few colleges during your time at each. Which one would you say was your favorite? Much love from Michigan. Um, man, Jason, first of all, I really struggled with college. College and I, I'd probably do better at conforming now. I really was like, why am I? I was a, you know, a media production major. I'm like, why am I in chemistry learning about bugs? I had to take an entomology class, which is the study of bugs. And I'm like, I want to make content about sports for my living. Why do I need to know about caterpillars? I, I still to this day think it's stupid. Um, but I think now with a kind of more of a practical understanding of, hey, you got to get car insurance. You got to pay your rent. You got to do this. I probably I've done so many things in my life I don't want to do now. It's like, well, I can take a stupid chemistry class if it gets me a job as an engineer and can help me have money to pay for my kids and my girlfriend and my cat, whatever. I don't have kids, but you know what I mean? Like the, it, I understand how running on the wheel gets you to where you want to go financially, and I probably could do it now a lot better. Um, but I don't, I don't want a cookie-cutter job. I always wanted a career I would love, and I hated school. Now, I went to four different colleges, big, small, state school, private. Sometimes I was an athlete. Other times when I went to college, I wasn't. Um, and by far... My favorite college I ever went to was Pacific Lutheran University. Um, I had a really big disagreement with their offensive coordinator. I left the football program. Uh, it, I don't know. I, I, I know this, man. I have so many good memories at PLU. I have so many people I care about that are there. I really enjoyed being a part of their football program. Um, you know, even though I left kind of unceremoniously, I really appreciated being a part of their football program. It was awesome. And their education really fit me. I really, it meant a lot to me. Um, you know, I, at big schools, you know, I went to a really, really big school. And it felt like nobody there wanted to work with me or, or cared about me. Everything was impersonal. And that's not everything. I had a really great guidance counselor uh, who really was nice to me and really cared but other than that, man, for the most part, at a big, gigantic state school, I felt like I, I, I was just another number to most people. And because I wasn't just another number. They're like, everybody looks at their students as a way to make money or to get this or to get that. Um, whereas when I went to PLU, it's a smaller private school. I was very lucky to go there, very lucky to get in. I worked hard to have good grades. Um, they, Everyone cared from every level, whether it's the, the lunch ladies to the people that were in the offices help you pick your classes or the, the financial aid office. Every single level of human being I talked to seemed happier. They were happy to be there. And they cared about me and cared about my success. Now, I was a media major, and their media degree was very flexible. They were willing to work with me. At the time, I had a successful YouTube channel. I was making money. I had a lot of subscribers. And they were willing to fit my needs, which meant a lot to me that they were able to adjust their class structure to fit my needs and help me be successful. I literally had a conversation with a professor that said, look, we want to help you make it in the world. We don't want to, our degree to hinder you and get in the way of you being successful. And even though I'm not there, I never finished my degree there. I never finished my degree at all, actually. I so very much appreciated that they wanted to Help me. I really genuinely felt like, hey, PLU wants to help me as a student, and I just will never forget that. I'll never. I, I really appreciated that. It was a pretty campus, nice people at every single level. Um, everything is imperfect, but I, I, I'm a PLU man. I really loved it there. It's the best college I ever went to. I went to four of them, 
And I, if you're ever considering going to a college, I think that if you can afford it or you know, get good enough, I had good enough financial aid to get there. If you can find a way to go to PLU, it's a great school, and they were really good to me when I was there. Okay, Logan writes in. You know what? I'm going to need some pineapple juice for this because this is a long question, and it's, I need to really get in the, the feel because it's, it's, I'm going to have to perform a little bit. So Logan writes in. He says, hey. What's crackalackin', uh, Zackin? Oh my gosh. It says, what's crackin', Zackin? It's been a while since I checked in at the Zack Shack, but I'm back, Jack. I can't even, I feel like I need to restart this. It's so funny. <laughs> Logan, man, you're full of love. <laughs> gosh. He says, let's set the scene. ESPN reporter. Tonight, QB Zach Shalmer for the PLU Lutz has garnered a 28 to 14 revenge over his former school, LNC. To win. This win will cap off the 5'11", 177-pound dual threats third year of college ball. Shomler has managed to take the Northwest Conference by storm while simultaneously producing a widely successful sports podcast boasting over 150,000 subscribers. Stay tuned for his uh, next move. Later that night, Zach gets a phone call. Zach being me, I guess. Zach? Zach Shomler, is that you? Hey there, soldier. This is Dwayne The Rock. Johnson, owner of the XFL. I watched your film uh, and your podcast, and I'd like to give you the choice of two offers. Number one, you can become the new quarterback of the Seattle Dragons. Or number two, you can be the lead analyst, reporter, and QB expert of the XFL. You can analyze in your own style, not having to put up with corporate guidelines. I'd love to have you on board, man. And then insert a long breath of air, reading that without a break. Okay. So he's, he's, I guess Logan wrote this with me understanding I'm going to have to read that, and it's going to take a while. So he says, now, long story short, in this alternate universe in which you are a high-caliber college quarterback and the elite football analyst that you are, if given the choice to be the QB of the Seattle Dragons or the lead analyst of the XFL, which would you choose? Logan, and then in parentheses, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, undercover. Logan, you're one of a kind um, that was a hilarious question. Um, so would I choose to be an analyst or a quarterback? You know, when I left my college football team, uh, back last fall, I was planning to transfer. I saved my eligibility by leaving when I did, I was going to transfer and play somewhere else. Originally, that was my plan. And as time has gone on, we had a global pandemic. Um, my girlfriend moved in, I got a cat and I've had to be very honest with myself at this point, talking about football is a lot more fun than playing football, especially like the way Logan wrote that question, man. Dwayne The Rock Johnson wants me to work for the XFL and I can do things my way. Oh my gosh, yes. Like my, my whole problem with gigantic corporate structure is that it limits creativity and I don't want to be limited in any way. I want to be able to be myself and share my viewpoints on football. Um, and look, my life is great. I feel like I kind of hit their lottery where there's no favoritism. There's no, like, I'd like to make more money, but I don't, my quality of life is still really high. I have enough. Um, there's no favoritism. Like in football, it's like this guy or me, and there's all this like weird stuff and you're trying to deal with coaches. And I, I really hate, if you don't have a coach you really jive with, it's really hard to play football. I've, I've dealt with that before. It's not fun. Um, there's no dealing with teammates. Honestly, at this point in my journey, I I, I I don't want to say this, but it is honest that trying to work with other people, telling them where to line up, 
uh, getting them to go to class so they have good enough grades so that I can throw the ball to them on Saturdays, uh, collaborating constantly. It just sounds like a pain in the butt dealing with teammates. I don't want to do that. Um, I played for a lot of programs. My last experience was, uh, you know, I guess my, my best experience I ever played, my best experience playing football came when I played for a winning program where I wasn't trying to change the culture. The culture was already in place. They were winning games. Guys knew what to do. Expectations were clear. I could jump in and do my job, and I knew the guy next to me was going to do his job at the very best level he could do. And in college, both times I played for two programs that were both in the process of trying to change their culture. And I think changing the culture is a very noble thing to do. I think guys that want to be a part of that, I commend you for it. I highly, I, I just really admire people that are willing to take on the heavy burden of trying to turn around any kind of program. And while it's noble, it's also not very fun. Let me tell you, as a guy who's tried to do it two times, it's exponentially more difficult to try to turn around a program. And when I played college football, I kept taking on these Herculean tasks. Like, oh, I can have the, these like weird belief in myself. I can do this or I can do that. And it wore me out. And again, not to mention, if you ever get a coach that you don't see eye to eye with, oh my gosh. Um, I don't need to say anymore. It's just not fun. Uh, I love throwing the ball. If the world ever gets back to normal where we can go outside and don't need to wear masks, I want to play flag football with my friends. Uh, my One of my best friends, Nathan, played uh, Division One receiver. He'd be on my team. We'd have a blast together. Um, but now, honestly, I'm very happily kind of a loner. Uh, I'm an introvert. I love talking about sports. That's my passion. That's what I want to do. Um, I think I'm even better at doing this than I ever was at playing quarterback, honestly. Um, and if Dwayne The Rock Johnson ever called me and said, hey, you want to work for the XFL? I'd probably do it for free. Like, I really would love to do it um, because it would be fun. And I, I try not to make my decisions based on finances. I try to make my decisions based on what sounds like a good experience, what sounds like something I actually want to do. Um, I loved covering the XFL. I loved meeting coaches and meeting the athletes and interviewing them was a blast. Uh, and if nothing else, if I ever got to actually work for the XFL, what it would really do would just help strong opinion sports grow. Um, I, I would love to be involved in any way I possibly could. Um, strong opinion sports is my baby. It's my show. I love it. I work my tail off to build it. I'm never going to let it go. And I just understand that at this point, I'm not an athlete the same way I, I, I used to be. I, I, I don't think I'd want to be. I don't think I'd want to deal with other people and deal with, I think it's, you know, here's, here's what it all boils down to. When you're an athlete, you're not 100% in control of your destiny. Not entirely. Like, he, you can pick where you go to school, but there's always still a coach deciding whether or not you play or this or that. Or you, you got other people around you you need to work with. Even, even, in, even in the best possible situation, I have more control doing strong opinion sports than I ever would as an athlete. And I like control. I like controlling my own destiny. I love not having to work with other people. I love doing it my way and doing it myself. Um, and so I probably sound horrible. I, I, my fear is it makes me sound like a pain in the butt, but at least I understand who I am. And I, I, I can't really recommend, I, I don't know anybody else who looks at, you know, it's a lot easier when you're collaborating with a bunch of other people versus working alone. I, I love working alone and um, I can work good in a group. I just know that 
if I don't have to, why would I want to? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a better broadcaster probably than I ever was a quarterback, and I'm okay with that. And I would choose to be an analyst every single day of the year uh, as opposed to playing football, even though football is something I, I'm very passionate about and I occasionally miss it. Um, there's a lot of things I don't miss that if I, I – I can't go very long without recording a Strong Opinion Sports episode because I just miss it too much. It's too much fun for me. And it's much more fulfilling to me than football really ever was, honestly. And that's – it's honest, I guess. And that's, that's what's important. Now, the next question of the day is from Justin. Justin writes in. He says – and I turned on, like, the face – the phone part. Uh, what am I saying? You know when you look at your phone and it reads your face, the biometrics, and it opens your phone for you? That's been really helpful for flawed human – for strong opinion sports, excuse me, because – I don't have to like type in my password trying to open to get my, my phone keeps, what am I saying? Keeps going black. I keep having to open it again and look at all the questions. Justin writes in and says, hi, Zach. When was the moment that you realized Strong Opinion Sports was becoming successful enough that it could be your full-time job? It's pretty simple. Uh, I realized once I was making enough money a month to pay for rent and get my own place. Oh, hey, this could be my full-time job. Um, I grew up in a mobile home. I didn't have my own space very often. I always either shared a room with my brother or at one point I literally lived uh, on the living room floor uh, of a mobile home. And so a big dream of mine for years and even like in college when I was making Strong Opinion Sports, all I wanted was a studio. I mean, people don't understand. When I started Strong Opinion Sports, I was in a dorm room and I slept on the floor and when it was time to record, I would set up my camera and move my bed and set up my bed up along the wall. Literally, like, it was insane. And it's such a joy to me to have my own space where this room is the recording room. And next door, I have a bedroom where I put my bed in and I sleep on the bed in a different room. I mean, it's so meaningful to me. Um, and I never really had my own place until now. I never had my own space. It was very, I lived with other people or I lived in my best friend's family. And so... Getting to have my own space was kind of the best thing in the world. And my bar is really low. I don't need a lot of space. I don't need I don't need much. But I, I having a door to close in my studio, oh my gosh, it's so meaningful to me. Uh and that was my dream. And so once it penciled out financially, I realized, okay, like this can work. This can be my full time job. Um and you can live off way less than you think you need to. I mean, honestly, like if you cut out all the nonsense in your life and live pretty minimally, you can live off very little. And that's what I've been doing. And it took a while to grow this show to where it is. It took over two years. But uh, I'm very fortunate now. I love what I do. And I'm very, very grateful. Okay. Um, the next question is from Maxwell. Maxwell writes in. He says, what happened to the if you're struggling, go get help segment? Uh, basically, YouTube nerfed it. I don't know if you know this. Uh, if you say the word... Suicide, you cannot monetize the YouTube video. And I understand that. I, I really do get it um, because they don't – It's I don't want to go down. I, I understand it, but I, I took it out of the full podcast because – and I felt weird about it. I will be honest. I, like, I'm cutting out a message I really care about so I can make money, and I, I did feel weird. But also, again, I need to survive financially, and so um, the best solution I've kind of come up with is that occasionally I'll post a video saying – if you're struggling, go get help, and I'll put it on YouTube, uh, just an unmonetized separate YouTube video, because this message cannot be in the full episode, which 
I get it, I, I guess, but I, I just, if people don't realize or don't know, four years ago, my younger brother took his life. He committed suicide. And it was the, uh, it's the worst thing I've ever been through. I mean, I've, it, it, just awful. And I learned two really painful lessons during that time. Number one is that if you're struggling, please go get help. I'm begging you, I'm encouraging you. Go talk to a teacher, a counselor, a professor, a friend, a parent, a anybody. If you're struggling, go get help and go get professional help. Go talk to a counselor. If you're struggling, do not suffer in silence like my brother did. Go, please go get help. I don't want other people to do what my little brother did. Um, and then I'm encouraging you, man. Make sure that you know the people in your life know you care about them. I, you know, I, I've, I've never really been suicidal. It's never been, you know, I, at one point when things got really dark, I was like, I still wouldn't kill myself because I want to know how Star Wars ends. I want to know, yes, there's too many things I want to do in my life. I don't really, I've never felt suicidal, but I do know that I encourage you, man, make sure the people in your life know you care about them. I wish I'd told my brother even more how much I cared about him. Um, and I, I just make sure the people check in with your friends, check in with your family, uh, give people hugs, tell them you care about them, tell them you love them. Um, it just, you never know how far it can go and how, how much of an impact it can have. So make sure the people in your life know you care about them, know you love them and know that you're there for them. Guys, the suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255 as a last resort. If there really is nobody you can talk to at all, you can call the suicide hotline 1-800-273-8255. Um, I think most important to me, man, I don't want other people to do what my little brother did. Suicide is awful. It's terrible. And I don't want other people to do what he did. If you can, please, uh, you can go get help. I encourage you go, please go get help. If you're struggling, go get help. Um, guys, that's all I have. Thank you so very much. That is all I have for today's episode. I really appreciate it. Hope you have a great day. But um, bum, bam, we are done.